Welcome to another episode of The Rich Happy Dentist, where being rich in dentistry isn't just about the money, it's about building a practice around your life instead of building your life around your dental practice. I'm your host, Amy, and today I am joined by the one and only Dr. Chris Brady, my mentor. Our topic today, so you want to grow so you can work less? Question mark? All right, so Dr. Chris, we often hear, I want to grow so that I can work less. Uh, what do you make of that statement? Well, it's, it's interesting because I think the first thing that uh, comes to my mind is, you know, when a dentist asks that, what does he or she mean by the word grow? Um, how, how do they, I don't know, I, I think it's just a common, it's kind of a street word, so to speak, a business street word that uh, people use and say, well, you want to grow your business. Well, what, what does that mean? Um, does it mean that you want to get a bigger space, an office space? Does it mean that you want to hire more employees? Uh, does it mean that you want to, um, you know, make more money? <clears throat> and when you think about making more money, what does that mean? In other words, um, make more money might mean produce more money. Uh, but does that necessarily mean that you're going to take more money home? And so I think sometimes dentists uh, go to seminars or hear other people about doing these, they've grown this practice and they've got three dentists working for them and, and uh, yada, yada, yada. And, uh, you know, and, and not that those things are necessarily bad, but I just think that it's really important that the dentists focus on what growing really means. So you think it sounds like uh, they're probably a little too focused on the process of growing versus what they want to get out of growing. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it sounds like a good idea. I mean, who wouldn't want to grow their business? Right. But again, um, you, you, you and I have worked long enough together with dentists to, to show that sometimes dentists need to reduce the size of their practice in order to make more money. And I know that seems kind of counterintuitive because we're brought up in a world where we believe that more, more, more is better, more patients more of this. I mean, one of our, our uh, clients just gave us a, a testimonial about that very thing that he was really caught up in the, you know, how many patients could he see? The only way to make more money is to, to see more patients. But the reality is, is that's really not true. Um, you know, dentistry is a, a unique business, meaning that it's not like your typical, you know, 7-Eleven or Walmart or whatever, where it's based on you know, the only way to make more money is to either work more hours or to extend um, the, the, your services or broaden your services. And, and I mean, there's all kinds of things that these businesses do. And sometimes we look at it and think, okay, wow, they're successful. So maybe that's what I should do. And I think with the corporate dentistry invading our world, um, that's also something that they do. They bring that business kind of sense that, you know, you just put more producers in and then you'll make more money. <clears throat> but I'm kind of on the dentist side because, um, you know, the, a, a dentist, a dentist is a human. Yes. <laughs> he, he or she's not a machine. <laughs> and sometimes I think we just, we just put people in spots, so to speak, or we have an opening. So we stick a person there, you know, and that's, I think really business minded thinking, but, 
it's it's not about it's not about relationships, which is really kind of the root of the problem. But they they, they it's just about you know putting a producer in there as though the dentist were a machine of some sort. Right. So it, it's obviously a misconception, but this is such a common message out there. Why do you think we hear this more, you know, or hear this more in the last couple of years than, you know, you have in the last 27 years or so? Yeah, you know, that, that's a that's a good question. I, I, I don't know that I have an, a, you know, concrete answer. I do have a guess. And my guess is that I think that sometimes maybe they're getting that message and uh, the dentists are getting that message from school, you know, as a dental student or, um I think there's a lot of recruiting going on. We know that. Mm -hmm. um, I think another underlying factor in this whole process is just how expensive it is to get an education. Yes. And the dentist comes out of dental school with so much debt that they kind of need something more, quote unquote, secure. And secure oftentimes means that they have kind of a guaranteed number of patients coming through the door. And Again, uh, there have been studies that have shown that that's really not true, that the, the safest financial way to go is to go into private practice. But, um, you know, it's not presented that way. And I think as a dentist, uh, I mean, I, I understand if I had two or three or four hundred thousand dollars worth of debt coming out of school. Heck, I'd, I'd be nervous, too, you know, but it just takes some more education. And obviously, the, you you and I are, are, you know, banging the the message of you know, you don't have to do it that way and that you can make it in private practice. Okay. So it's a common message. So they're coming out, they're hearing this in school. Uh, maybe it's this, a generational thing possibly. Um, but what about those who maybe have been out of school for 15, 20 years that we run into and they're the practice that they've currently had for that period of time and decide at that point, they need to quote unquote grow. I mean, I, I'm guessing some of that's the, the same, uh, same, same messages, obviously the same message, a misconception. Um, you know, that's the, the word on the street, the PPO corporate dentistry mindset. Um, do I, I dare ask, could it possibly be ego? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I guess you could ask that. It's, that's probably fine. I think it's, you know, it used to be, I remember when we first started, uh, I first started consulting that some dentists would walk in and they'd have what I call a harem of these ladies following them, you know, into the, into the meeting. Mm -hmm. And they arrived as though, you know, that ego was there is that the more, the more you had in your harem, the more successful you were. And the thing that was always interesting that we found is that those are the guys that were the most stressed in 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 their in their practices and in their life and that kind of stuff because they they got fed a a, a lie basically i think there's just a, a lie in dentistry out there that uh, you have to have a whole bunch of people working for you in order you, for you to be successful or you have to have a whole bunch of ppos or you have to have a whole bunch of operatories and i always go back to one of my favorite uh, speakers when i first got out of dental school his name was howard chevelle and and he he was um, an, an amazing restorative dentist and he had one employee and he had about 800 square feet and he had one operatory and his production at the time was about 80 grand a month. And mm -hmm. he would see two patients. He would see two patients during those two 
um, you know, to, during during that that particular time. That's all he saw, and it was they, he charged forty thousand each. Well, at the time, I thought he was nuts. I thought he was, um, you know, there's no way that he could do that. I couldn't do that. He was in Chicago. He was a great, uh, you know, had a great situation, but. I, I, that his story has never really left me. And the older I get, the more I do dentistry, the more I coach dentistry, the more I see the wisdom in what he did. And I just think that there's there's something to that. Um, you know, let me let me throw one statistic out that I always like to sh- share with um, dentists. <clears throat> and you know, they they sometimes say, you know, the way to increase productivity is to hire another employee. Um, and sometimes that's true. Sometimes a dentist could be in the right place where that, that could happen. But I will tell you that my, this is a Chris Bradyism, but my, my general recommendation is that you have to be producing at least $25,000 per month per employee. That's, that's a full-time employee. Um, in order to consider even growing your practice uh, in such a way that you, you would need to add another employee. Um, and I can just tell you that, uh, the doctors that we've coached over the years that have gotten into the 30, $40,000 per month and even higher, um, per month per employee range, uh, don't want to quote unquote grow their practice. In fact, they don't use that word very often at all. Right. Um, they, they talk about how much net income they have and how much money they get to take home and how much vacation time they get to have and those kinds of things. So, that's kind of where that comes. You know, you know, one other thing, Amy, that just came to mind, I forgot about this story. I think I may have shared it before in a previous podcast, but um, I, I remember getting out of school. Um, I had a friend that, um, you know, he, he went to a seminar and, and they kind of told him to, to go big or go home, you know? And so he, he did, he came back and, you know, he and I started, we're real, actually really good friends. And, he and I started out the gate exactly the same time, the same, almost, we were within a couple of miles of each other, our practices. And he followed the grow advice. And uh, unfortunately, it didn't work out. He, he equipped too many operatories, he hired two people, and he had zero patients, you know. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that just didn't um, work out. I, I remember, you know, I was focusing on overhead as much as I possibly could. And I had an accountant at the time who... Um, who I, I sat down with and I said to him, I said, how can I, how can I, you know, uh, lower my overhead? I said, I just, I just can't quite get my hands around it as much as I'd like to. And I think I was in the sixties or something at that time, which in today's world was, was pretty great, but I wanted to get it down to 50 if I could. And he said to me, he says, Chris, he said, the only way I know how to do that is to, to grow your practice by, using the McDonald's concept. Hmm. I said, what, what's the McDonald's concept? He said, you need to open for dinner and breakfast and open 24 hours. And he was, he was kind of joking about the 24 hours, but he said, what if you worked weekends and evenings? And I just thought to myself, I thought, wow, I can't wait to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I love weekends and working weekends and evenings. And again, I think that that's the word. It's that's sort of the grow mentality. That's there's this accountant. He was trained in business school and that's how he saw it. And we see that 
uh, with CPAs still today sometimes that they think, well, you just should add more, 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 more. And all they're thinking about is the productivity. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. That reminds me of uh, here recently, our guest speaker at the roundtable, Mark McCartney, he, he used the um, similar to the McDonald's. He said, you know, we can be Golden Corral or we can be Ruth's Chris. Uh, we can spend a lot of time doing a lot of things, mediocre and, and average, or we can do a handful of things really well. And I, I believe Ruth's Chris is only open for dinner. <laughs> they don't yeah. serve uh, breakfast or lunch. And so, um, you know, do you suppose that these dentists that feel like they need to grow are stuck in that McDonald's or Golden Corral model? Yeah, I think so. I think that's how business is kind of uh, um, popularly run at this particular point in in history um we charlotte and i have one of our favorite places to go is this little bistro by where we live and it was on the food network and stuff like that and and uh guess guess when they're opening <laughs> thursday <laughs> thursday evening friday evening and saturday evening there you go and we went there and we got there like at late we we got there at eight o'clock or something for dinner and they were out of half of the stuff you know mm. uh, which is sort of frustrating but i didn't get mad at them i thought gee why didn't i come earlier that was that was my thinking but that's what the chef does very good very good um it's a small little place the prices are pretty healthy and and um he works thursday friday and saturday in the evenings mm. only right yeah that's uh that's that's niche uh, a niche model, niche mentality. And, you know, I, I was talking to a doctor last week that is interested in our coaching program. And he told me that he wanted to create passive income. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you and I know what, uh, what he really wants. Again, it's this, uh, he thinks that, well, I need to grow. I need to add team members, add space, you know, uh, plumb the, the rest of the four ops that I, you know, have in my, my space and, and get a bunch of people in her work so I can sit back and quote unquote manage. And we've talked about that before in a, in a past podcast. So kind of to wrap up here, what is the best way to really accomplish what these, these dentists are wanting? Well, I think you and I both know that it, it really has to start with vision. In other words, what do you <laughs> want your practice to be like? And a vision and a dream are different. I think sometimes dentists dream of having passive income by owning dental practices, but usually those those people don't have any hair because it's all <laughs> fallen out because of the stress of trying to run that. And and I have I have separated more practices than I have consolidated. Absolutely. Yeah. Years. Yeah. And it's just it's just because dentistry is unique because you have a human being running the practice in other words being the producer a male or female doesn't matter it's still a human being and these human beings uh, get tired they they um they have a limit of what they can do i remember i mean i was raised on a farm and we worked hard and i remember thinking gee and we hear this often uh, i'm not afraid of hard work <laughs> yeah that didn't, have, that didn't have anything to do with anything I'm glad you're not afraid of hard work, you know, but because dentistry is hard work. But the issue is, is um, you can go at a, a super high pace for a certain period of time. And then all of a sudden 
we find that dentists kind of go through this this transition of starting to think differently about how they see their their practice and, and their lives and they they oftentimes feel like they have become slaves to their practice so by them trying to grow the practice what they've done is they created a monster that has high overhead that really can wear them out and and cause them a lot of stress and what we we uh, we like to help the doctor do is to say okay how can I take more vacation time? How can I keep more of the money that I'm making? You know, how can I reduce the size of my practice so that I can make money? And I know that's really counterintuitive, but we've, we've seen that over and over and over again, where dentists will actually decrease the number of days that they work. They'll decrease or even keep their productivity the same, but it's a different mix of treatment. And when the mix of treatment is right, then all of a sudden all the numbers fall into place. Then we have a dentist that's rested. We have a dentist that uh, can, can practice longer and doesn't have to retire because of back or neck issues. I had a call yesterday from a, from a doctor that uh, is worried about having to retire at, uh, you know, in his 40s because um, he, he, his back is going out. And so it's a real thing. It's not just something that happens to somebody else. It's really, really common. And so... I guess my, my advice and counsel is, is you've got to start, figure out what it is you want. And, and don't talk to the guy that's running the corporate practice or is a PPO practice uh, to figure out what your business model is. You've got to figure out or find somebody. Um, and I happen to know somebody that can help with that, but uh, <laughs> you need to find somebody that can help you uh, develop a practice that rotates around you versus you rotating around the practice. Because if you grow your practice, the more you grow it, the more your control you're going to lose, the more time you're going to lose, and oftentimes even money you lose. Are you so busy working in your practice that you don't have time to work on your dental practice? Take some time out to do something your future self will thank you for and join us at one of our upcoming team training events. Check out the show notes for registration links and details.